0: It works. Hi, welcome to the show. Welcome to me having audio and everything. Uh, Thanks everyone for stopping by. It's time for John Park's workshop. Here we are. And first of all, I want to thank the people for stopping by our chat. We've got YouTube chat and we've got the Discord. And that's the main place for chatting with Adafruit people during shows uh, or even not during shows. Head on over at adafruit.it slash discord and jump into the live broadcast channel, live broadcast chat channel. Uh, and we've got you can see right there today a whole bunch of other channels too, uh with different interests in mind. So check that out over at over at our Discord. Uh and oh wow, yeah, so sorry, there's a bunch of white noise, huh? Yeah, I had this mic pack off. And for some silly reason when the when this the transmitter pack is off, the receiver pack makes a bunch of noise, which I apologize for. That's annoying. Uh and I said we've got the YouTube chat, but I don't have it popped open, so let me do that so I can see it. Hey, Gary T, I see you over there on our YouTube chat. I'm just gonna pop that out right here, right now, and now it shall persist. Uh, so let's get on with some things. First of all, in non-Adafruit news, uh, I was excited to learn this morning from this uh, press release, uh, wrong one. This one here, yeah. Uh, General Mills is coming out with a limited edition of uh, redesigned monster cereal boxes, which have art done by artist Cause, Kaws, K-A-W-S, Cause. Kaws. Uh, and Cause has the, the famous sort of panda guy with the bone ears and the X's for eyes. So there's gonna be a set of monster cereal boxes that have the X's for eyes and a redesigned retro style packaging in honor of which I'm wearing my blueberry shirt today, which is the best monster cereal. But uh, I don't know if they have it listed here, maybe not in a photo. Oh, there it is, Fruit Brute is coming out. Fruit Brute hasn't been on the shelves in like a decade. So get ready, I'm assuming this is Halloween stuff. Uh, this has been your, your free non-sponsored uh, media blast for General Mills monster cereals. Very excited about those. Are you excited about those? Uh, Also, we have a jobs board, so if you're looking for work to pay for all that good monster cereal or if you need to hire someone to help you get through all the monster cereal, then head on over to jobs.adafruit.com. Here it is. It is entirely free. Head on over there and you can post uh, in in our job board. It's free. You can also post, if you're looking for work, uh, your resume over in the available for hire section. If I click over there, I think I'm logged in today. Uh, you just have to be logged in. There's no, it doesn't cost anything, there's no spamming of anything, but as long as you have a login, you can use this service. All of the job positions are vetted through Lady Ada and PT, so you know they're good. Uh, but here's, a, here's a, a sort of sample of people who are looking for work have posted up their info, and these are very often remote People want to do uh, contract work and freelance work remotely, uh, or even full-time or part-time work remotely. So don't worry too much about where they are, more about what they can do, what they can do for you. Uh, So that's at JobStudyToFruit.com. Let's see, what else? I have a show on Tuesdays. Uh, Logo looks like that right there. It's JP's product pick of the week. Here's the thumbnail from this week. Uh, and what I like to do on the show is a product pick, which is going to be massively discounted during the show. So just throw it in your cart. There's no need for a coupon code. You can get that product for, in this case, half off. Uh, we sold through about 100 of these at, at half off prices. Uh, and I'll usually do a demo, sometimes a software demo, a hardware demo, show you how it works, uh, give you some, some backgrounder on it. And here's a, here's a little excerpt from this week's show. It is the motorized slide potentiometer. But you can see the cool thing is we can play around and then let go and get back to our preset position there thanks to the the motorized fader. We can also go to other presets. So if I click my encoder, I can go to a different preset. Hit another one and these are just four positions that I've pre-programmed. I've set up my rotary encoder as a direct control there. So you can see as I turn the rotary encoder, I'm changing the position of the fader. Uh, I'm also using that as a stored position. So now if I hit this four times, it'll come back to this position. I have four saves. So one, two, three, four, back to that new position. It is the motorized slide potentiometer. That's it indeed. Uh, love to see the projects people are going to do with those. We, uh, we got a bunch of them out there into the world. Uh, I showed, I think I showed last time, I've got this uh, learn guide here that I put out, which is uh, the basics of using these uh, motorized slide potentiometers. I'm going to be adding Arduino uh, code to it as well. And a uh, update on how to use the motor feather wing uh, instead of a H-Bridge uh, chip, sort of bare L9110, which is what I used for, for the original project. Um, I demoed this, I think on a show and tell last week. Yeah, um, I can't remember now, but I, I may have an update on the update, which is, let me let me go to a down shooter here, uh, about like so. Let me put this under here. We'll, we'll uh, go on and, and move forward in a second with another segment. but. I just wanted to make sure I let you know that I was um, successful in getting a Chrome uh, conductive slide cap. Oh, it's not powered on, so that's not going to do anything. Let me plug this in. Uh, since this has capacitive touch on it, uh, you can do things like move to a position when you touch it or turn off the motor It's the most likely use. Uh, If I power this up and see, this might be, there we go. Uh, So you can see, I'm now using instead of the bare, pull this off of here, the bare lever stem thing, which in itself is is connected to the cap touch pin. Uh, This is a chromed plastic fader cap made for this purpose. I think it's a replacement part for Yamaha um, mixing board and it works great. You can tell it's, it's, it's letting, letting the motor go as soon as I touch it. Um, So we're trying to source those. Lady Ada was, was looking around to see if she could find those. Um, We are also, don't ask, don't tell, but we're probably going to be getting some sort of regular rubber fader caps that fit this, uh, this type of potentiometer and I will, make some attempts at using some copper tape uh to wrap inside and around it see if that'll work well uh, as an alternative so as long as long as it's capacitive touch it'll work i was not able to get it to work with a very 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 low threshold through another material but i'll give it a an, give it another shot with the plastic or rubber caps that we get um, so that's the, that's the update on that uh, it is made of plastic yeah it's a, it's a it's a conductive chrome plate a lot of chrome paint uh, that was a question by the way from Todd in the in the uh, chat there a lot of chrome paint does not conduct um, I tried it with some really good uh, chrome paint pen paint super shiny reflective stuff uh, It was not at all conductive but this however they're doing this process is um, and uh, so we'll see. We'll see if we can come up with a source for those. Uh, let's actually, before we go any further, dive ourselves right into this week's Circuit Python Parsec. Yes, All right, uh, let me do a little setup here and grab my window. Uh, so what I wanted to show today for the CircuitPython, let me say that again, what I want to show today for the CircuitPython Parsec is how to use a new line when printing to serial instead of the default uh, carriage return. No, wait, do I have that backwards? Yeah, starting again. For the CircuitPython Parsec today, I want to show you how to use a carriage return instead of a new line when you are printing to the serial output. So here's an example of a free floating analog pin that I'm reading. Uh, and you can see here as I touch it, I, I see numbers go by and I have a, a neat little print statement going that gives me sort of a graph of uh, the values that I'm, that I'm getting as I touch this analog pin here, sort of grounding it. Uh, but that's hard to read because we have these characters flying up the screen. And the reason for this is that the default in the print is to end with a new line, which means it goes to the beginning and adds a new line for every print statement. If we change this instead to a carriage return, or a return, what happens is it goes to the beginning after each print statement, but it does not add a return. It does not add a new line return. Instead, is just this carriage return. Uh, And so you can see here, the way to do this is if I take a normal print statement and add to the end of it this here, comma, end equals, and then in quotes, backslash r, and that's the return or carriage return. The default, if I don't have that in there at all, or if I change that to n, looks like this. And so we get this sort of string of uh, characters flying by, or string of lines flying by. Uh, This instead is a lot more helpful for measuring values and seeing them without getting endless scrolling of your text. Uh, The other tip that's going on in here, a little bonus one, is I want a bunch of these dashes at the beginning and you can actually multiply text by a number. So I have a number of dashes multiplied by whatever the value is and my value right now is I think going from zero to 128 or something like that. Uh, zero to 64. So when I am up here at a high number, I get a whole bunch of these dashes uh, in there without having to to type them. So you can do some math on your strings, which is pretty cool. Uh, But this is the key thing here, is this end equals backslash r. And so that is how you can use a return instead of a new line when you're printing to serial output inside of CircuitPython. And that's your CircuitPython parsec. Uh and yes, I actually uh thank you. Yes, yeah, some Dexter said they like the blueberry shirt. Blueberry forever. Um See Grover had a suggestion of maybe drill, drill a tiny hole in a fader cap and use some metallic epoxy. Also an interesting idea. Hey Rich Sad, nice to see you. Um, by the way, you may this may look familiar. This little tip that I did today with uh, the CircuitPython Parsec because I had uh, a similar setup going. Let me unplug this and I'll replug in my fader here. I can put that on camera. Let's see if it connects to this one. I think I gotta reconnect because it has a different name. Yeah, that's right. So let me. Uh, Disco tool. It's the feather. Okay, yeah, it was a different. Disco tool dash n fe. There we go. Uh, so here you can see this is actually kind of the more typical behavior. That's just because I. Have a narrow window, so I'm getting sort of automatic uh, looping around. If I if I widen this up, there you can see that's the that's the behavior we're looking for. It just makes it a lot easier to see um, what's going on. It doesn't give you a history uh, like like a endless scroll does, but in a, in a lot of cases, this is really really snazzy, really helpful. Uh, and big thanks to Todd Kurt for both the multiplying uh, your, your text, in, the, in this case, the dashes, uh, that tip as well as uh, the new line versus carriage return tip. Really useful. So thanks for, for the good stuff. Uh, all right. So let's see. Uh, that covers updates on the fader. Uh, comes from CircuitPython. Parsec. So I want to start getting into this uh, coffee scale project. So uh, let's back up a step. Let me see. Do I have have a little prop here? So this all starts with these two things. Uh, So one, we've got these load cells. And these are a piece of aluminum bar that's been carefully drilled and and calibrated uh, with this Uh, arrangement of resistors, this sort of S-shaped arrangement of resistors uh, called a wheatstone bridge that can measure the flex uh, of this metal bar really precisely as uh, an analog read on an amplifier chip, an ADAC chip rather, that can um, deal with the very, very, very low values coming off of this, make it useful. So this is our, what is it, the NAU7802 is the chip we're using. Uh, Cedar Grove, our our good friend over in the chat there, uh, created a feather wing with this chip on it that I believe reads two uh, of these at a time. And then Lady Ada had been working a long time ago and then we had parts uh, issues. We've been working on doing a standalone uh, single channel with Stemma QT. So I'm using this, but I'm also gonna be building a version using this feather wing that Cedar Grove made uh, to read this sensor, which is what's inside of a scale. Most scales use this type of an arrangement. Um, The neat thing about it is that with the library and code that uh, Cedar Grove has made for us, we can make really nice scale displays. Uh, We can tear to to remove weight from uh, a a vessel that you're putting on that you're gonna pour something into, in my case, coffee. add some nice graphics, do a bunch of things that'll run on the Clue, on I think a, a TFT Featherwing, on a Pi Portal, maybe a couple other platforms. So it's a great time to be making scales. Uh, the challenge I had really, because all the heavy lifting was, was the stuff that C- Cedar Grove Maker had built, real challenge is mounting this uh, in a way that's useful for your use. So key thing is, These can't be resting on something because we need one side of it to flex. The other side needs to be really stable, locked down. Uh, So they put these uh, threads for an M5 screw on the sort of stationary end, and they put M4 screw threads on the flexing end, and then it's up to you to figure out how you're mounting that to your enclosure, how you're mounting uh, something like a tray that you're gonna set your weight down on top of to this side. So uh, I wanted to show kind of my process for coming up with this espresso uh, scale. I also want to talk about why, what what are we doing this for? Um, So when you're making espresso in particular, um, you can really get a lot of change in how things taste with some very, very minute changes in the fineness of your grind, the amount of coffee that you put into the portafilter, which is uh, this thing, the basket uh, that goes into the machine, gets chucked in there like that, and then a lot of hot, high pressure water goes through. Uh, Tamping that evenly, having an even grind, all of these things change the extraction, because we're doing an extraction of a whole bunch of these solids out of the coffee with the water that's coming through. Uh, If you can reduce the number of variables you're dealing with, you can focus on the ones that really matter, such as changing your grinder settings. Um, So what I wanna do is pour a consistent amount of coffee in a consistent amount of time Uh, and that allows me to to focus on just adjusting the grind. Um, There are other variables you could deal with and and lock others down but uh, weighing your coffee is a really great way to do this Uh, and you'll see a lot of high-end coffee people and baristas using little scales that they'll set underneath uh, the machine as they're going and then they can take that off and and proceed. So I wanted to build something like that but kind of make it a little bit more permanent. Um, and so, what I'll do first is let me show you a, a little video of part of this process in action that I took uh, a shot earlier. You can tell by the blueberry shirt reflected in my espresso machine. So, uh, check this out. This is uh, about 27 second pour, which is usually what I'm going for for my uh, double basket. I just wanted to, sorry, thanks for, wait, I just wanted to uh, minimize that video there for a second so you could see it. Um, it's hard to see it at this scale, but what I'm watching there is on the little clue there, uh, on the display, there's a, uh, a little gauge moving up and down that shows at the bottom both grams and ounces uh, of, of weight that it's, uh, that it's reading. So if you watch that, you'll see that number going up. All right. So um, one thing I'll mention is that I don't have a lot going on with sort of splash proofing yet. Uh, And so there's some electronics sitting a little worryingly near near some water, but not too close. Uh, The ADC and the Clue and I'm using uh, batteries so it's not plugged into the wall, which is a bit safer. Those are a little bit removed and then everything else is just the, the load cell which you could, you could protect, it's fairly, it's got silicone over the, um, the wiring uh, and the rest of it's all aluminum. Uh, so let me show you, oh, someone found Lars, little Lars alert. Uh, let me show you over here uh, what this is looking like and, and what my process has been for putting this together. Uh, Let me throw a bench or a main view. There we go. Let me scale that down. All right, so. What you may have seen uh, when I first posted this, let me see my water over here. Uh, or first started showing some demos of this was one of these helping hands. This was actually a really nice base for this. We actually sell these in the store. Uh, It comes with some magnetic PCB holders uh, as well as these two helping hands. And I was able to just use this slot here and some M5 screws with washers to mount uh, the load cell here. So let me... I'll take off these for a second. This was a really expedient way to get uh, a prototype working and a little more stable than me just kind of holding things in my hand there. And so I'd recommend if you can get some uh, trays of, or boxes of M4, M5, M2, M2.5, M3 screws in a few different lengths, you can tackle a lot of these projects. Uh, ideally, they're all metric, they're not always. Um, and so here are some M5 screws. Zoom in a little for you there. So I was able to put those up through there. Uh, put a nut or a washer over top of that just to... Oh, actually, no, I didn't. Did I need to? Yeah, just to uh, get a little bit of space so that the other side is elevated up. So you can see, I just put a nut right there that you can see. So that's gonna give me some space so that when this side flexes, once this is screwed in tightly, uh, it's not bumping into anything. So um, I will just attach one, side of this just showed off quickly oh that nut got caught in there though let me try that again yeah i wish i had an actual washer which is going to work a lot better okay I'll, i'll uh for this sake of this demonstration we'll pretend there's a washer there um by the way one thing that bit me recently is these have a uh Little arrow on one end that tells you the sort of size of the load cell is a 1k, 1 kilogram, and a down arrow. So it's saying flex it that way. So that means the other side here, where the wiring is coming out, at least on these ones, this is what you'll mount, and you'll want your weight pushing down on the direction of that arrow. Uh, that's the ideal. I think it'll it'll still measure it uh, in the other direction, but you might have to screw with your wiring to, to get that right. Um, so it's basically like that, except with with a little spacer in there. Uh, and then you've got these M4 uh, side to connect something that you can set your weight on. So I had just taken a little piece of acrylic here and drilled a hole in it and mounted it like this at first. So that was that was kind of the the version that I was using during my development of this. Um, And this will work pretty well. You could could refine this and then just have a little gizmo to put on the espresso machine uh, set under there. That'll work great. And it's a lot more like a traditional scale. Uh, However, I wanted to instead make this sort of integrated with my machine. So as you may have seen from uh, the image there, there's a large drip tray this right here. Uh, And unfortunately, I can't bring my machine. It's plumbed in uh, to to my um, water and water filtration and and wastewater and all that. Uh, So it's a big pain, big heavy thing. And I don't want to unscrew things and move it into here uh, if I don't have to. So this is the drip tray. uh, And it means any water drips through, comes and exits through a little uh, hose to the wastewater. And uh, this is this little mesh that sits on top of the tray and that's normally what you set your cup down on top of under the spout and and your portafilter and brew head and all that are right above it um, so after tr- at first just setting a thing in here like this that worked pretty well but it also did elevate the height of my cup at, to a point where i couldn't even fit Um, I don't have one of those here, but I couldn't fit a spouted portafilter. So some of these will have a spout coming off of them or a double spout coming off of them. And as you start eating up space above here, it gets a little crowded in there. So I wanted to go as low profile as I could. Uh, And you can see here in the end, I'm really just adding this inch or so uh, of space. And you can see I've got this kind of floating scale uh, that is mounted to this uh, steel grid. This is this is strong enough that it's not flexing, which is great. Uh, we don't want the whole thing to flex on us or we won't be able to, to measure the weight very well. And uh, so I've mounted a mounting point to it, the load cell, and then to the load cell, this little floating uh, piece of aluminum, uh, on top of which I can put a uh, a little, here's a nice little Adafruit coaster. All right, set that down there. Could maybe use some, if we wanted to, some uh, Magnets or double stick tape or something like that, so this stays on there. But that works well, gives us a a large enough surface area to to not have to be so precise, and um, it's all easy to wash, uh, easy to care for. So then over here, this is um, at least temporarily, and I might do the guide based on this setup. I have the clue with our little uh, acrylic case for the Clue, and that makes it a little more splash-proof. It's not waterproof, but uh, it also gives me something to affix things to uh, if I want to use like double stick tape and attach it to some other type of mounting point. I'm just using a nylon screw here, which is working well. And then an extra long screw on the back uh, means that I have a place to connect the little um, ADC board there, QT ADC board. And then finally, I've got battery power. I'm using three AAAs, and I stuck the uh, lid of the case just using a little uh, of that Uglue sort of uh, double-stick goo tape squares. And that means I can slide the battery pack into here, so it'll come off for changing, but I also have an on-off switch there, so I can turn this on. boot up here unfortunately at the angles I have things you won't be able to see me actually weigh something too well I just realized Uh, but maybe we can we can fake that Um, and so here it's booted up now I am using actually sort of by accident I'm using a 10k uh, load cell on here so it's a little bit noisy you'll see this value fluctuating a little bit I can hit the tear button uh, kind of get it back to zero, but this is a bit of a noisy uh, value here because of that load cell being 10k, and we're trying to read at this very amplified level. Uh, so 1k is, is more stable than that one, uh, but you can see, sort of see here, I'll fake the angles a bit, if I set my cup on here, uh, yeah, that'll, that'll work, I guess. Uh, 264 grams or 9.3 ounces. So I'll go ahead and click that button that zeroes it out or tears it. So now it's essentially at zero. Um, And I'll zoom in a bit. So you can see down there in the bottom corner, it says coffee. And, and the way I'm leaning this here means we're not really getting accurate readings, but I, I don't have a good way to, actually, you know what? Let me just take the, I'll pull this off. Let's do that. I'm gonna unscrew the uh, The clue from here and then we can look at the uh, values that we're getting. So this is just a nylon. This is actually the nylon screw that uh, comes with this case, this clue case here So we'll set that there like that. There, now you can see it. Just refocus. Okay, so I'll zero that. Uh, And then you can see here, simulate pouring the espresso in there. The scale goes up and up and up and up. And you can stop wherever you need to. Uh, And you have to anticipate that a little bit with the espresso machine, just because you you get some extra coming out after you pull it, so um, there's some finesse to to getting that. But it's a scale. It's uh, really well integrated, I think, into the machine itself now. Uh, I may use a little otter box or who knows what to seal this up better. Um, Another suggestion, actually, that uh, Jan had, Cedar Grove Maker, was to use one of these little, Uh, sort of security camera, tripods, it's a mountable one, uh, and mount that somewhere and use uh, a little thread mount. We have some nice thread mounts for the Raspberry Pi cameras. That might be a good basis for that. Uh, If you're doing stuff with a Circuit Playground Express, Circuit Playground Blue Fruit, the the little case that we have for that also has a, thread mount for uh, a tripod so you can screw that into there. Um, so that's another another idea for getting that kind of accessible but off to the side a little bit. Um, but this is, this is working pretty well so far. Uh, I've just used it a couple times yesterday and today to, to make my espresso and uh, it's been delicious. Sorry, I can't share that with you. Uh, the, some of the details on the mounting Uh, stuff that I've got going on here. Let me unplug a couple things from here. Uh, And I'll pull this back out. Set that back here. Uh, This is all um, I think almost all of this is available actually in Native Fruit Store because this is some of our 2020 aluminum plate uh, that you use with uh, this T-slot aluminum. So we have in the CNC section the store this, uh, this T-slot aluminum uh, and similar to 8020. if you've ever used that stuff. Uh, and we have accessories for that such as these little triple uh, couplers. And that's what I have right here. Uh, and we also have some larger um, adapter plates, which is what this one is. This also one's shaped like this. So depending on your needs, uh, you can you can use this stuff. It's I think uh, this might be an M6 hole roughly, and so you can you can fit the uh, M5 and M4 through this nicely. Let's see there. There's the the M5. So that would that would. Uh, Go onto that side. Even if you're just making kind of a cover for this or something, so long as you add a little spacing uh, so that it can still flex, that would work well. Uh, so that's all those two pieces are, and uh, then it's a matter of this thing only I would accept a M3 screw. So I have a uh, just some nuts at the base here uh, and some washers on the other side to to give that lift that up a little bit give us clearance. Uh, again, this side can stay and needs to stay stable, this side needs to float. So see, you'll see there, I've got the gap there. And it's a tiny bit. I mean, the flex is really minor that uh, that is caused by pouring some coffee into there. Uh, let's see. Let me swap uh, camera views over here. Swap back over to this camera, see if anyone's got any thoughts or questions. Um, And the, uh, Todd says he measures his coffee consumption in pints, all right, I get it. Um, The um, other thought I have is with the feather wing that Seagrove made, which allows you to use two cells, uh, I could do both like grounds, weigh the grounds. And and one way that people will work is um, they'll, grind up their beans and then they'll have their um, dispenser dispense based on weight. And these are usually specialized machines. So you put the portafilter in and then it dispenses, you know, 18 grams of grounds into there, whatever the amount you want to start with. And you can go through your whole preparation process. Um, I tend to weigh the beans or measure the beans, uh, throw those in and just grind one at a time uh, because I'm not doing large scale production. Uh, but there you have it. That's, uh, that's the project. The guide is... Uh, Jan has been working on the guide. It's looking great. It has code, has libraries, has the graphics you need to, to do the backgrounds and the scale elements. Uh, I'm shooting photos now uh, of the, the process on my machine. So once we combine those things together we'll have a really good uh, guide I think for you to check out and uh, can be a launching off point for any kind of uh, scale-based projects. Uh, all right, well, I think that's it. Let's see, have I forgotten anything? I think, I think that's all I had today. Um, thanks everyone for stopping by. Thank you for the people in the chats, both in our uh, Discord and over in the YouTube chat. And uh, I believe we've got a Foamy Guy deep dive coming up, live stream tomorrow. Uh, Scott did a guest guest spot uh, last week. And uh, then we'll start up with our regular shows next week. Oh, here's a nice uh, view, by the way, of uh, Pie Portal version, of Jan's scale there. And that's the one that uh, I was talking about, the idea of having both um, your uh, beans and your coffee uh, from two different load cells. Uh, by the way, a really nice feature uh, of the code is, with one line of uncommenting, you can go through a calibration process using a known uh, weight and uh, calibrate the cell. Just a one-time thing. Throw some numbers into the main body of the code, recomment that calibration line, uh, and you can uh, you can trust your uh, your scale from that point. Uh, all right. Well, that's going to do it. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for stopping by for Adafruit Industries. This has been John Park's Workshop. I'm John Park. Bye bye. Don't forget to eat your monster cereals.